Yeah, we read it, listeners. And welcome to the third installment in the new franchise that we are covering. I am one of your hosts, Maggie. And I'm also one of your hosts. My name is Laura. And just like I said, we are on the third book in the You series, uh, You Love Me. We have Joe kind of escaping L.A. after he just got out of jail and is no longer in Love's life or his son's life. Yeah, big shift here. Yep, he was paid $4 million to essentially relocate to Bainbridge, which is a little place in Washington outside of Seattle. Yeah, Pacific Northwest, baby. Pretty exciting stuff. So he's not going to do the cities anymore. He's not going to do L.A. or New York. He's Mr. Quiet Life, and he's the new Mr. Rogers, and he's here to retire and just be a little bookish man, um, and he he gets a job at a library. He gets a job at a library, and this is where the third book picks up, is where he's volunteering with this library in this place that he, he doesn't really know, but he's been kind of put there by the Quinn's family. He found a new love interest. I know you guys were wondering... You know, when's Joe going to find a love interest? And he does fast in these books. And her name is Mary Kay DeMarco. um, Yeah. Which I didn't figure out until really far into the book that she is named after the beauty line Mary Kay Cosmetics because her mom was obsessed with them. Oh, yeah. They said that in the first chapter that her mom had like the pink convertible because she was like the Mary Kay lady. I never put those two together. I always saw the pink cars and I was like, God, I wish that was me because they were so cool. They were like a very light shade of pink and I always wanted them. When this podcast picks up, we're going to get you that pink car, Meg. I want that brand sponsorship. And thank you. She is a library branch manager at Bainbridge Public Library in Washington. Um, small town, like we said, not many people there. And the ones that no. are there kind of seem like they know each other. Like they've been yeah. to high school together. They do not move out of this city. Yeah. So we really pick up with like um Mary Kay's like already given the Joe the job, but they're really kind of meeting each other for the first time. And he's very involved with her essence. Uh, she's worked there for 16 years. We learn that she has a kid. So, uh-oh, he has a kid. They have so much in common. Uh, we also learn that uh, Joe's son was born 14, uh, 14 months ago. And they hit it off pretty quickly. So they follow each other on Instagram pretty right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, you know, this library does not do a background check. He got the job immediately. And she's kind of like, okay, here's a tour of the library. And while I get your badge ready, can you just kind of sit down? She has a phone call with an older man, Howie, who she reads poetry to. And Joe's already getting jealous. He's like, oh, my God, who is this? Who is this old man? But it's just Howie. Joe, you got to start trusting people. Listen, a man named Howie is not your competition. Let me tell it to you straight. I think you're okay. Yeah. But um, Mary Kay and Joe hit it off pretty quickly. They already start eating lunch together every day. He's already gets promoted, which is weird because I don't know what promotion you would get at a library um, Mm -hmm. within like your first few weeks of working there. Um, And we also get introduced to uh, her friend, uh, Seamus, who's from high school. And he's just like a CrossFit bro. He's just kind of there for most of the book. Yeah, he's described as a middle-aged man dating a 22-year-old. And the 22-year-old just broke up with him, so he's not doing well. And Mary Kay wants to reiterate that it's like, oh, Samus just has really bad luck with these women. You know, he just has such an open heart, and they just take advantage of that because they're 22 years old. And it's like, okay, whose side are you on here? Yeah, yeah. And listeners, if you already couldn't tell, this book really just drags on for a good, like, few hundred pages. So just lots of, like... Lots of conversations just happen in this book. Like, that was something I noticed because this next scene is where, like, Mary Kay invites Joe out to lunch. And it's a surprise. She invited her two best friends, Melanda, who's, like, a girl boss hashtag over and over again, futures female type. Yeah, and and if you are my iPhone, it is not Melinda. iPhone kept trying to hit me with that autocorrect. Yes, iPhone. Um, But this is, like, a 10-page conversation essentially like nothing happens during it other than like Melanda and Joe butt heads and Seamus is intense and it's like well why did I need to read 10 pages of this yes Melanda is very pussy hat me too woke liberal feminist online like I feel like she would like Gina Halzer the CIA female director because she'd be like 
she's breaking the glass ceiling without thinking about all of her previous uh, war crimes. It's oh, kind of yeah. the vibes that's, I get from her. That's a good vibe get. And so uh, Melanda and Mary Kay have women's night, which includes getting a drink at Eleven Winery in town. And Mary Kay drunk texts him and he's like, I'm at the bar nearby for boys night, which is just him watching sports kind of surrounding other boys. Mm -hmm. Sure. Why not? That counts. And he makes a joke that like sometimes women and men can drink at the same bar. Like Mary Kay, it's not the sixties. And Mary Kay, let's slip a little. I love you. Uh Oh, but they end up meeting up for a drink. And now we have a few more pages of conversation. The TLDR here is Mary Kay's like, Joe, why are you here? What are you running from? And then Joe basically gives the diluted version of his backstory, (laughs) which includes made up names, no murder, no stalking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, he changes everyone's name in his history. I think yeah. Love is Lauren. Don't know about the other ones. Um, And they have a very fun time. He doesn't admit that he has a kid. Meanwhile, she says she got pregnant when she was 19 and her mom left her dad suddenly to move to Bainbridge. And she felt guilty about leaving him that way, especially because her mom stayed on the phone with him for compliments. Sounds like an icon. I did that yeah. with my ex for years. Um. <laughs> He deserved it, though. Not the dad. Dad's nice. So what we get from here is that she has daddy issues, which I think is pretty important to know for MK, because I think it manifests in her um, personality quite often. Oh, a thousand percent. Um, But they get a little tipsy doodles at this little uh, hang that they're having. They end up making out in the bathroom before it can progress to anything more. uh, Because Joe's like, all right, let's do this. I'm in. She panics. She gets up. She leaves. She calls in sick the next day. And Joe's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be in love with me. Um, And she ends up coming to the library way, way later in the day. And she seems really distraught. And she's like, Joe. I got to take a step back. We cannot do this. We cannot be together. Uh, I have a kid. And Joe's like, hey, we can like, we can slow like us down, whatever this is. And she's like, no, Joe, there is no us. There is no it. Like this can't be anything. And Joe's like, oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll take a step back and we'll reconvene. I'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Joe does the classic thing where he is put in the um, unrealistic, non-existent, friend zone and as many men do he decides to bide his time waiting for her to just come around because women are irrational apparently yeah so he's trying to just give her space being like it's okay to be friends but i guess i'll have expectations and put them all on your shoulders and while he is doing this he does the very casual thing you do when you're trying to be friends with the girl which is run by their house yeah he's running on this path just kind of checking in on MK. He bumps into her daughter, Nomi. Yeah, and Nomi's like, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, just stretching like I normally do at this spot in my run. I'm not looking at your mom through the window because I wanted to see the beer in her Instagram picture because I know she doesn't drink beer. How are you, Nomi? Uh, And they end up going to like a convenience store so she can get coal. And he's like, oh, I got to go get myself a lemonade or whatever the fuck. Um, But he learns that they're going to be going to Seattle for their little weekend hangout family time tomorrow. And he goes, got it. I'm unofficially invited. I'll take the early ferry since you just told me you always take the 11 a.m. I'll take the 10 a.m. Bada bing, bada boom. This is easy for both of us. He's so excited to have this little quote unquote family time because now he's kind of taking Nomi under his wing. He notices she reads a lot of Dylan Keebold, which is... Don't know if you know this, but it's the Columbine Shooters Manifesto. Apparently. Yeah, weird, weird choice from Caroline here, but I guess we got to go with it because she's the author. Yeah, she seems to, Nomi seems to love this guy. Like, <laughs> guys, like, like, I want, I, I got to say, like, throughout this, like, book, it's not mentioned just, like, once casually that she's reading this book. Nomi always has a copy of this like in her hand or in her book bag like it is mentioned pretty much every time Nomi comes up I feel like I don't think I ever had an obsession with school shooters no um, as a teenager but I do understand the draw of teenagers to the macabre and sort of the more um dismal and depressing things of life like I was really obsessed with A Clockwork Orange 
and yeah. really loved. Um, Malcolm McDowell, I think, is the main character in that. Yeah, I was gonna so, compare it to. Um, I was gonna compare it to like when people go through their Titanic phase. Mm. Um, but, I'm still going through yeah, that, but I feel like school shootings is a little bit different. It's a little bit. It's 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 not it's not quite a Clockwork Orange. It's not quite Titanic. It's yeah. just a little. It's a little off, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, TLDR is she needs psychiatry, but she has no time because she is going to Seattle. Maybe that's the best therapy there is. Go to the rainiest city in America. Ah. Uh-huh. And while they are on this little ferry, Joe is getting very upset because he is coincidentally on the same ferry as them. And shit hits the fan because he sees that MK actually does, in fact, have a husband, which sucks for him. But he's and his name. He's just waiting it out. He's in the friend zone anyways. He's on the sidelines. Yeah. He's yeah, not in the game. Poor Joe. Not only was this person he was stalking on the same ferry as him, that person is also married. Dude, doesn't it fucking suck when you see that? Uh, y'all, if I had a freaking nickel anytime, my plans were foiled as ruthlessly as this. Um, but we learned that Phil is a, a has-been rock star. He used to be in a band called Sacra Phil. Um, and Joe decides to abandon his stalking, you know, oh, we're going to casually run into each other plans. And instead spends the next 36 hours learning every possible thing he can about this man. And his band must have done moderately well because he has a Wikipedia. There's an album cover with MK's like legs on it. Ooh la la. So at some point they had a bustling sex life. That's bad for Joe. And after these 36 hours of meditating, aka stalking him, he shows up to Phil's studio and he's like, I got to come up with a plan to get rid of this rat. He calls Phil the rat the whole time. Yeah. Phil is talking on the radio about artists being memorialized after they died. And I thought, okay, maybe now is a good time for Joe to kill him. Because it could be a suicide after this radio. That would have been really smart to me. But yeah. he doesn't. No. He just kind of lets him go. Yeah, yeah. Because like after afterwards, Joe's kind of planning his move. But then he hears Phil and uh, Mary Kay fighting on the phone. So he's like, okay, maybe I don't have to kill him. Because it sounds like there's trouble in paradise already. And murder won't fix that. So it's like he's getting so close to realizing why it's a bad idea, but for all the wrong reasons. Because the subtext does exist that, I don't know if you remember, Mary Kay has daddy issues. And after they fight, they share a mutual I love you on the phone. And Joe is freaking out. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of flash forward a little bit in the book. It's now mid-December. Mary Kay's off taking care of her dad. And she comes back and she's like, oh, hey, Joe, I told my dad all about you. I really think you guys would get along and joe's like that's because you're obsessed with me and i'm obsessed with you we're in love really sucks Um, too because during this time at thanksgiving phil is tweeting about being whipped and mary Kay's joe fell down the stairs and he has a hole in his bone if my husband i would i would kill him my favorite thing about this whole like exchange of mary Kay coming back and joe stalking their twitter and instagram about it is that the moment Mary Kay comes back from like their Thanksgiving break, he's like, oh, Mary Kay, I have to head out early because I have to go hang up some Christmas lights. And I know how much you love Christmas lights. Like he uses that as a way to impress her because she know he knows that she was fighting with Phil about who's going to hang up the Christmas lights. So he has to show her that he loves to put them up. He is giving season one, and by season one, I mean book one of the ick where he just did too much for Beck and was too oh. readily available. It's like sometimes... And I don't want men to take this as a a standard, and I don't want women to take this as a standard, but sometimes men need to be a little unavailable for us to not be emotionally abusive or, like, play with our emotions, but be a little unavailable. If you come off too strong, it's scary. That's what it is. The TLDR (laughs) is, it's too much. (laughs) It is, like, I mean, I don't know, the Aquarius in me is such a hopeless romantic at the start, making playlists and stuff, but, like, once I win... Then I'm yeah. just out, you know? <laughs> and we need a little bit of that from you our You gotta boys. build it up, Joe. It's all about uh, checks and balances here. Um, and you want to know what else Joe's going to do after he hangs up his Christmas lights? He's going to go uh, to Phil's Narcotics Anonymous meeting so he can really get the intel on, on this guy. Um, so he's like, I'm, I'm going to befriend him so I can destroy him. Murder's too much. I get that. Because uh, he's a changed man now. Yeah. Um, so in this Narcotics Anonymous meeting, Phil just uses the time to just like 
basically bitch about his wife and all of that and his daughter. Yeah. Um, And Joe ends up using the really great alias of Jay uh, as his narcotics anonymous name so that he won't get linked back to Mary Kay. Like, okay, Joe, you can think of anything better. I feel like Narcotics Anonymous is a great place for performers to be. So after Phil gives his type five, he is approached by Jay, aka Joe, afterwards, who is hyping him up, being like, dude, I love the band. And then immediately wins over Phil, as it oh, would yeah. any performer. And Joe does plant kind of some seeds of doubt about not writing any more albums, and the process is taking hold in Phil's brain. He's starting to be like, fuck, I really need to be an artist and isolate everyone I love. Um, so I can work on my material. Yeah. As you do. Uh, yeah. And so uh, that sequence kind of ends. And the next day at work, Mary Kay's, you know, pleading with Joe, like, what am I going to do? I know Nomi would really love a cat, but like, she's about to go away to college. And I have this friend who like is having a bunch of cats right now. And Joe, ever the gentleman, decides to adopt three cats. So in case Mary Kay wants any of them, he has three on standby and Mary Kay doesn't think it's weird at all because Joe's like, no, I've wanted three cats for a really long time ever since I showed up here. And he doesn't give them good names. No. With threes, you could have really great names. Bed, Bath, and Beyond. Oh, that's a great one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Instead, he gives these cats the names Riffic, Licious, and Tastic. And just Tastic. like hold on. Tastic. <laughs> <laughs> Just to hold on to, I guess, to, like, bond with Mary Kay. Yeah, he thinks, like, much like the Christmas lights, he's like, now this is how you get a woman. So after he buys these cats, he just can't resist. He goes and he watches through the little binoculars of their imploding marriage. And while he is watching on this path, this public path, he's really losing his edge. He's not doing a great job. No, there's no finesse anymore. (laughs) Melanda attacks him. Melanda hits him over the head and it's like, shit, oh no. Yeah, Melanda's on to him uh, and she's accusing him of being a pedophile and that he's into Nomi and he cannot calmly explain that he is just stalking her mother, not Nomi, because that's of course better. Um, And they get into a fight, he ends up knocking her out, locks her in his whisper room that he had custom built in the basement that's supposed to be soundproof. Oh, but guys, it's not soundproof. No. Um, no, we can hear Melanda yelling. And while she is, right now she's out cold, he sends an email from her phone about how she's looking for jobs in Michigan, sends a text to a friend, Nettie, um, essentially bitching about Nettie, pretending that she was supposed to be sending that text to Mary Kay. And then she texts Mary Kay that she has a job interview and um, she she can't actually, she doesn't really have time to meet up for a drink. She's got it. She's just got to go to Michigan now. She's so excited for her new life. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe quickly learns that Melanda texts a lot. So if he's going to pretend to be her, he's got, he's got his work cut out for him. Yeah. Um, but when, when she wakes up, she's rightfully pissed because she's been abducted. Um, and Joe <laughs> says, no, no, no. This is your fault because you're a bad person. Let me read your little diary in your notes app. And he starts just reciting to her, like, all the mean things she says about Mary Kay. Um, and I like this. Melina's like, yeah, so? Like, yeah. those are my feelings. <laughs> he does quote that she, like, texted uh, Seamus, Seamus, asking, who was a better lay in high school, Mary Kay or Melanda? Um, and also is using college girls to intern for her like female incubator program um, and not giving them any college credit or paying them but she tries to appeal to his sympathy being like um uh listen uh actually I don't know I might use the wrong pronoun it might have been he trying to appeal to her sympathy don't really know anyways she goes in figures out her favorite movies are like Woody Allen movies so he turns on the tv and um picks up the remote and it's just kind of showing her that she has all these Woody Allen movies. Basically, she's just a hypocrite. She's not a feminist. Um, but no. he has no idea what to do with her because he doesn't want to kill her. Yeah. He yeah. Her. So he's, again, he's got his work cut out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he starts using Melanda's phone as like a way to get in Mary Kay's good graces through the eyes of Melanda by being like, you should at least talk to Joe and stuff like that. 
Uh, and also Joe's being real cringe with these texts because like every seventh word he has to type like LOL or XOXO. Um, and he's laying it on thick and Mary Kay doesn't question it at all. She's like, yeah, I'll go get a drink with Joe. What's the worst that could happen? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they they go get a drink finally. She tells Joe that, uh, you know, she's married and that's why this like whole thing was so weird and bad. And Joe is being ever the gentleman and like understanding so he's going to go give Melanda some donuts um, as mm-hmm. a thank you for getting abducted by him and him getting to use his phone to get into uh, inside Mary Kay's head. Yeah. Um, but Melanda's not having it. She's taunting him a lot. Yeah. She is not ready for this HQ trivia notification to go off. No. She does not want any more quiz time. No. She is like, hmm, you know, us girlies, we talk all the time. You don't have the upper hand. Let me just let me just call her. And he's realizing he can't go without calling MK back. And Melanda just adding this pressure, um, saying that he'll just, he'll never get it between real friends is really stressing him out. She also says that um, Phil and Melanda dated in high school before MK um, and him dated in high school. And she said that MK told her that Joe uses too much teeth when he kisses, which as we know from book two, Joe freaking hates when people dog on his kissing sexy style. Yeah, yeah. So what Joe is going to do is he's going to march out of this basement, march over to Melanda's condo and set the scene that she had to leave in a hurry so this alibi gets sold. Um, and and she's still texting, you know, uh, Mary Kay as Melanda saying, oh, I met a guy, so I'm going to be here forever, essentially. Um, just to buy himself some more time. Um, and, and he also tells Mary Kay that she should start flirting with Joe. Uh, and Mary Kay just listens. She starts flirting with Joe, like, real hard. Like, sexy flirting. Not even like a, oh, you look, like, so cute and nice today. Like, no. She goes in. She lays it on thick, y'all. Oh, yeah. The next day at work, they're flirting. They're talking about thinking of each other in the shower. Yep. And it's getting super heated. And he texts from Melinda's, really trying to just goad her into fucking him. Um, right? It, it doesn't help either that it's like they are trying to teach these old people how to use technology with Nomi so she could get credit, volunteer credit for a class. And MK is seeing how good Joe is with her kid. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of things are going in Joe's direction, except for the fact that he has a girl in his basement. Um, but Melinda has a new strategy. She's going to play good girl, nice girl. Um, and she's going to give Joe like just a little bit of intel into her life. And so Melinda tells this story about how, you know, a big reason she's always stayed and like why she cares for Nomi so much is because she considers Nomi as part hers because she had an abortion in high school. Uh, and the reason that um, Mary Kay stayed pregnant in high school is because Melanda was like, I regretted my abortion. You have to keep yours. And Melanda was there in the hospital when she was born. So that's why she's like, I'm also a mom. Um, a little bit yeah. of delusion and kind of like ownership levels there, which are questionable, but. Um, I do got to say that out of everyone who seems to be pleading for their lives in this position of being killed Melanda seems the most genuine in giving Stockholm syndrome like yeah I really thought she was just like okay you know what I am a bad person because as she's watching these Woody Allen movies non-stop she's also starting to like hate women so she's yeah. just kind of turning on everything and she's like maybe Minnesota would be good you know I really just like fucking hate it here and I hate being single and okay I'm ready to be let out and I believed her I believe yeah. she would not say anything yeah, yeah. So before this happens, like Mary Kay ends up giving Joe some chocolate strawberries for Christmas. Someone shoulder checks Joe and he drops all of his six chocolate strawberries. It's very sad. Uh, and then we learn that he's like a hired messenger by the Quins. And he's like, hey, you need to stop looking on Love's Instagram. This is a warning. So a little bit ominous. Um, and when Joe goes back there, really sad about his strawberries, that's when Melanda starts pleading with him to like, let me just go to Minnesota. I'm a bad girl. I'm a bad person. Bad girl, bad girl, go Minnesota. And he's kind of thinking of letting her go. Um, Phil texts him a song at this point that he's clearly written about Melanda, which like, yeah. I don't know, maybe don't release yeah. it. Yeah. Melanda's also like, I had an affair with Phil. This is why I'm, you have a, you have a secret about me now that I don't want someone to know. I have a secret about you. You don't want someone to know. 
let's work together. See, um, Melanda's the realist, but at this moment, the doorbell rings and it's MK. Yeah, and you know what she's gonna do, y'all? She's gonna get naked. She's gonna get naked. They're gonna start mutually masturbating. I, okay, I mean, hats off to her. I feel, I've always felt awkward doing that in front of a partner. Right? Like, it's like, I'd rather (laughs) just go have sex, thank you very much. Because, like, part of it is also a performance. But anyways, that's the first act, I guess, they choose to do. You know, just ease into it, they say. (laughs) I don't know. And she just like will not let him touch her. And afterwards, she's like, oh, geez, what am I doing? And then she just leaves. She comes, she comes, and she leaves. She comes and she goes. That's poetry, baby. Put that in one of your songs, Phil. Um, But Joe did hear some noise when, you know, they were mutually masturbating, as you do in Bainbridge, Washington. Um, So he's like, I got to go check on Melanda because I told uh, Mary Kay that it was the cats. It wasn't. Um, And I'm going to go talk to Melanda about this whole letting her go thing. And before he can even talk about it further with her, he finds Melanda in a pool of her own blood and the TV shattered on the floor. She's killed herself, y'all. Melanda has taken her blood. And again, this is the reason I genuinely feel like he should have let her out. Just wrote single white female on the wall in blood, which I didn't get. I was like, is that to indicate to the police that that she is a single white female? I don't know. Maybe that's one of her favorite movies. Like, I, I couldn't tell you. She's like, Joe, yes, I've gone. But before I go, you gotta watch this in memoriam. Can you log this on my letterbox, Joe, really, really quick for me? She writes five stars in blood underneath it. Yeah. That's so funny. So Um, Joe sends a big goodbye from Melanda to MK. And this is like a petty goodbye to make sure that he has covered his tracks. He admits mm -hmm. to MK from Melanda's phone that she was sleeping with Phil. And he's going to give her kind of a peaceful death. Nope, not death. Funeral. (laughs) Um, Oops. There's a difference. (laughs) There's a big difference. The death already happened and it was not peaceful. He brings Melanda to this steep trail in Fort Ward. And I didn't really get this scene, but I kind of imagine he goes up this trail and it's pretty high up and steep. And then he like rolls her into this cove. Yeah, I pictured it like, you know, when you're on like, um, like hiking trails and there's like those little like just like fall offs that like you could run down, but it probably hurt. I just kind of pictured him like careening her off of one of those edges. She falls down, like up, up, like down, like a unforged path that nobody would technically go down. So you can yeah. bury someone. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like I, I kind of figured that too. I just didn't really get how he got dirt on her. Yeah, well, you were wrong and I was right. <laughs> <laughs> so while he is burying her, he notices um, what he thinks is lightning. But actually, it's not lightning. It's flash photography because this is the modern day and age. And the guy who hit the chocolate strawberries out of his hand is taking a photo of him and is like, some guys just never change, Goldberg. Yeah, all this guy's name is Oliver, we learn. He's a weird character. I picture him with just some like weird nondescript New York accent for some reason, and he's always wearing a black leather jacket and like has I like pictured him bald hair. I don't oh, know why. Really? Yeah. I pictured him with like really like just like two greased back hair. Oh, that's um, fun. But anyway, um Oliver's Oliver's not having any of this let me bury my wannabe girlfriend's best friend in the woods. He knocks Joe out. Joe wakes up in his whisper room. The tables have turned. Mm-hmm. Um and Oliver is not going to tattle on Joe is what we learn. Uh we learned that Oliver like he used to be a writer. He was hired by the Quins and he's here to keep an eye on good old Joe and make sure he comes nowhere near love. Um Yep, he also hates the Quins, and here's his little idea, which is to make a poor boys club, and it is that the Quins gave Joe a lot of money, four million to be exact, so what he's going to do is he's going to pay Oliver to keep his girlfriend happy, Minka. Not not the fact that his mom has cancer. Oliver also drops that, but it's not for his mom with cancer. No, it's it's always for, his... for Minka. We love Minka. It's always for Minka. There's like an app called First Dibs that he can just buy rich people art on and yeah. like chairs and shit. 
which I wonder yeah. if that's a thing because I would love to peruse it in my spare time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I can't buy anything, but yeah. So throughout the rest of this book, Oliver just will send Joe like a like a link to a painting or a chair and be like, "Buy this for me." Um, and Joe's like, oh, "I gotta keep him quiet," and then buys it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next day of now that Joe's free, they cleaned up the whisper room. Um, Joe gets a text on Melanda's phone from Mary Kay, just saying, "Hey." Be well, peace out, we're done. So Belanda's dumped. No one's coming to look for her. Yeah. Um, and Mary Kay's being really calm the next day. And Joe's like half expecting, you know, her to confide in him, but it's not happening. Um, and meanwhile, Joe's also really trying hard to avoid Oliver because Oliver wants updates throughout the day, which would drive me crazy. That is one feeling that is valid I've seen of Joe's is that he is being pestered throughout the day by Oliver. <laughs> oh my God. It's like a parent asking for updates in high school. Right. Like, Leave me alone. Like, send a picture. Send a picture. Send a picture. Where are you? Are you sleeping at our house? You're not so- doing anything bad. So Joe can, you know, appease Oliver and not be doing anything bad. He decides Mm -hmm. that he's going to put cameras up all over Mary Kay's entire house. That's what the good guys do. do. Yeah. Bad boys, they stay in their own lane. Good boys, they install cameras. So the first night- (laughs) The bad boys are in IT. (laughs) (laughs) Bad boys go to marketing. Good girls go to IT. Um, so MK and Phil are fighting the first night about Phil cheating. MK gets right to the core of it. But the combo turns around to be like, oh, God, the thing that guys do where Phil's like, I don't deserve you. And she's like, no, stop, baby, pudgy little pumpkin. This conversation is a roller coaster of things because she's like, you cheated on me. He's like, oh, you're right, babe. I'm so sorry. I'm such a bad guy. And she goes, well, I cheated on you. And he goes, what? Why would you do that to me, you stupid bitch? And she's like, that's not fair. You yeah. can't have done that and do that. Um, so the Their conclusion here, is to fuck. They're, they that's fuck. the conclusion. That's the conclusion there. And Joe's pissed. Yeah, he's mad. The next day, he's trying to put moves on MK at work, but she's being distant and in her head. So he's like, I'm going to go to the meadow to read, which MK told Phil, you know, they don't ever read anymore, which I would also be kind of mad about. Yeah, yeah. And none of Joe's two ideas to get Mary Kay to talk to him and be invested with him are working. So Mm -hmm. he's going to decide to freaking bail. So he just like decides to also leave his three cats behind because that's normal. You know, he just packs up his car and decides to leave. Uh, But Nomi's like standing at the edge of his driveway being like, what are you doing? Yeah. And uh, she, he essentially is like, okay, you know what? I will stay to fight for us. Your daughter seems to like me. Maybe it's worth it. And the fight is to go buy drugs from a guy in the city of Seattle named Ajax, probably to pose an accidental overdose um, of Phil. And Oliver is following him and he's like, Joe, buddy, buying drugs. That's that's not on the list of good guy behavior. Oliver's like Santa Claus. He's like, yeah. are you being nice or naughty? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, if you want to be on my good list, you got to buy me this fun chair. So uh, Oliver is headed to the North Pole, a.k.a. Vegas for boys trip. And Joe is listening to couples therapy that Phil and MK are going to now. And sneaks into MK's room. We get a little um, new version. This is so weird. So he goes to lay in her bed just to like know what she's feeling. Um, And then he decides to do some home alone shit. He's going to sabotage their house essentially. So instead of like, you know, doing anything big, he's going to like crank up the volume on the TV. So that way she will get mad at Phil that he turned off the volume too loud. Like, I would go really crazy. I would go crazy. Could you imagine the gaslighting of like you and your partner and like the coffee spilled and they're like, I told you to put a cap on it. And it is like, no, I swear to God, I did not do that. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, he's like loosening like the table, the coffee table they just built. So you set something on it. It's going to break like. It's, yeah. it's too much, Joe. It's Joe much also plants heroin in the house, which at this point I would think I was, I would, is delusional. And as he's walking down the stairs, Nomi comes in and he's like, Papa, is that you? But it's Joe. He says he was just returning a book and she calms down. Yeah. And she's like, do you want to see my bong? And he goes, sure. And so Nomi shows him her bong. 
Yeah, she has a transportable bong for some reason. It's very confusing. Yeah, it was interesting that Carolyn didn't write like, oh, she has a pipe or something. Because like, that's something you can easily move around. Like a pipe, okay. even like a small bubbler, but it's a yeah. bong. I don't but know. a whole bong she's just whipping out of her. <laughs> yeah, so she's smoking this bong on the porch and she's high. And she's bringing up that she thinks that... um maybe someone maybe phil or mk put cameras in the house um and she's like actually maybe i'm paranoid i don't know and joe's like yeah that sounds pretty crazy yeah and then she decides to uh, lay it on extra thick and talk about how nobody really cares that melanda's gone because they thought she was a pedo um there was like rumors of her sleeping with one of her students Mm -hmm. um and so joe's like "Ah, i've heard enough here and he's like ah you're right i gotta take down all the cameras um, and be a good guy. So he does that, but he accidentally leaves his coffee there. So he has to go back and get the coffee, but that's when Mary Kay and Phil come back. So now he has to hide in the bathroom and listen to them fight. Whole, again, messy. Where's the finesse, Joe? You've gotten so sloppy. I know, seriously. Like a cup with your name on it. <sighs> Buddy. We would we should learn from the mug of piss, but we yeah. don't. Why did you bring your coffee to go get your cameras? Like, what, would, what are you doing? Lacks critical thinking skills for how smart he is. Uh, so MK and Phil are fighting about this movie night. Phil agrees to go eventually, but Joe's like, no, I have a plan. I have a plan to invite Phil somewhere else. That's not good. So he does eventually invite Phil out, kind of stoking, stroking his ego, like, hey, one of my buddies who's like your biggest fan wants to meet you. And Phil is like, fuck it. I'm not going to go watch reality bites at the library with MK. I'm going to go meet up with joe um she keeps calling phil he's like putting it to voicemail um because he has told her that he went to a meeting and his sponsor thinks that he shouldn't go to this movie night which is such a fucking cop out because you can't there's nothing you can come back to that if your partner says that you're like okay i guess yeah yeah and so joe's here at this show just kind of hanging out like he has no plans he got joe to not go to the movie night i sorry got phil to you know bail on mary Kay and you know go here um mary Kay shows up at this show and she is pissed and joe's like oh that's my cue to skedaddle so he um bolts uh, mm-hmm. And moments later, you know, he's ferried back from the city. He's back in Bainbridge. Mary Kay shows up at his door and he's like, and she's like, hey, I dumped my husband. It's over. And then they fuck. And they exchange I love yous. Yeah. So there's it's new developments. I know, seriously. New developments in Joe's world. Phil is sleeping on a futon in the house. He's irritated. Joe and MK are on cloud nine. They're going yeah. to four ward to explore and talk about their lives. She's kind of bringing up Phil a lot and he's having a bit of an internal battle about maybe being like, is it too much to hear about Phil? But it's fine because they have sex in some bunker in Fort yeah. Ward. Yeah. And they're just so, having a good time. Yeah. Lots of sex over the next few weeks. Lots of, you know, mixed emotions because the whole divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after they fuck at Fort Ward, um, Mary Kay gets a phone call that Phil has passed away and that kills the mood, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, he is dead and gone. Overdosed in the house. We don't know if he went out to get heroin or found the heroin Joe left just yet. And salt to the wound, Nomi found him, which would really fuck me up as a 17-year-old. Yeah, not good. Not good at all. So, uh, rightfully so. Mary Kay is just freaking out. She's not in a good place. Weeks go by and Joe's really upset that, you know, she, you know, Mary Kay's like relying on him, but things are a little bit different because she's so sad all the time. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to Seattle all the time. So things, the dynamics are just off. You know, he wanted them to be a family, but things have gotten really weird since their dad and husband died. At the wake, MK's being very distant. He runs into Nomi casually ripping a bong outside which uh, once again makes me think the author does not know what a bong is because are you you're really gonna transfer a whole (laughs) ass bong to a funeral so funny to think about and so they bond and nomi's like i'm gonna go to seattle and she slips out and mk tells joe she wishes none of this would have happened essentially um between the two of them and that she's been depressed for two weeks in this new world Seamus is seemingly competing with joe and nomi keeps going to see phil's parents who hate mk 
Yeah. And so there's a lot of tension. Seamus tells MK Melanda called him a few days ago, which, as we know, is a bold-faced lie because she is dead. Yeah. And he says that she sends her love, but she didn't want to come back to the funeral because there's news of her having an affair with a student floating around. Yeah, yeah. And then we get the, the surprise of the century. There's a new character added to the mix. Phil's brother, Ivan, who's some, like, semi-famous motivational speaker um and he's coming and joe's been kind of on the upswing with mary kate being a big provider um and but now he's being really weird that like ivan is here so like ivan's like hey like mary kate how have you been and joe's like yeah we've been like taking it pretty rough like joe's really inserting himself into this family uh and it's a very very cringe it would give me the ick so hard yeah, I would hate it. I would be like, uh, this is my brother-in-law. Can we just, like, pretend? Like, it's impl- it's implied that you do yeah. not bring it up. But yeah, he has so no Joe's, social cues. Joe's kind of iced out for a couple days because, you know, Ivan's here and he's going to be there for a little bit. Ivan does come to Joe's and invite him over to dinner, however, one night. So Joe's like, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's go to dinner at Mary Kay's with Ivan. Mm-hmm. And things are tense. And Ivan ends up inviting Joe into the kitchen. He's like, dude, I know about your affair. Um, you gotta back off. Like, this is not something you want to be a part of. Yep. And Ivan has approached Joe about this after Nomi tells Ivan that MK wanted a divorce from Phil and basically indicates that Joe should probably leave considering he is the other man. Seems like Ivan slowly infiltrating, icing Joe out. Um, But he breaks into MK's house and goes through her journals and does find out that it looks like at some point she slept with Ivan. And yeah. even worse, Ivan owns the house. He had to bankroll them since Phil is just, I mean, broke. Yeah, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And so it's kind of also implied that she might want Ivan at the end of the day, too. So it almost kind of feels like Joe's now like second best. Now that her first choice is here, she can put all of her time into him. So Mary Kay's really avoiding Joe at this point. It's a real and- Lucille Bluth uh fucking George's brother situation (laughs) right now yeah Mary Kay ends up um having a big fight with Joe and like accusing him of taking advantage of her she ends it and says she's moving and Joe cannot have any of this this is not how he expected this to go so he does what anybody would do and vows to end Ivan's life yeah metaphorically (laughs) Joe starts doing a deep dive Joe is me right now looking for a source for a story. I swear to fucking God. (laughs) This is what I do. He goes on TikTok, scrolls forever. He finds a girl who was assaulted by Ivan, shares her story on Reddit. And now people are coming forward. A woman named Sandra comes forward with a story. Ivan starts trending on Twitter. 19 other people speak out. His wife starts a Twitter and just tweets me too, which is not good. No. Um, And... So he's at MK's to kind of try to mediate. And Ivan's throwing things. Yes. She's like, he owns this house. Ivan owns this house. I don't know what to do. And Nomi is crying because she essentially gave up school to go to Denver with Ivan and MK. And oh my God, shit hits the fan. Shit hits the fan. Like Joe, Joe does not realize how like bad he made things by doing this. Uh, because we learned obviously, so Ivan owns the house and the house is sold. So now Ivan's going to use all this money that was going to go to the three of them just to pay his court fees. So Joe's made them homeless essentially, but it's all good because Joe's going to come and save the day. He just invites them to live in his guest house that he suddenly has, as it has never been mentioned until this very moment. Yeah, um, apparently it was there in. for like Ray and Dottie to come if if they if they ever have forty his yeah. son there, but we know that he's never gonna no. have forty there. Yeah, so they move in. Mary Kate comes over the first night. They have sex, and this kind of continues as they're starting to all live in the same property together. But Mary Kate gets really paranoid that Nomi's going to find out, so she's like, "Maybe we should cool it." Joe's like, "No, no, no, Nomi won't find out." But then Nomi storms in one day, and Nomi's found out. But she mm-hmm. plays a little practical joke. She's totally cool with it. She just wants to live in the main house. So they all agree that you know Mary Kate and Joe take like the master suite, and then. Th- uh, Nomi's gonna live in the whisper room in the basement, which feels weird. I thought she was gonna find something. I was like, uh. Right? That's what I thought too. 
not good. Um, but things are finally looking up for Joe. They all live under one roof. MK booked a trip for them to Port Townsend, and mm. she's stressed he's going to get annoyed of her, but he reassures her that he won't. It's very sweet. And this moment is interrupted by Love texting Joe, uh-oh, that yeah. they need to talk. She has a ticket for him to LA tomorrow, and she knows about MK and the daughter, too. Because MK posted a photo of her and Joe doing a little soft launch, as the Gen Z will call it, on her Instagram. Yeah, so Love's pissed and Joe has to abide uh, because she's very threatening. So he leaves Mary Kay just like in the middle of the night. Yeah. yeah, little note saying, family emergency, love you, bye. And he goes to LA. He meets love in a honeymoon suite where it's weirdly romantic. There's like yeah. flower petals. We don't really know what's about to happen. And love pulls a gun on him. And monologue city, baby. She's talking about how Joe never really loved her, that he stopped caring about her the moment she told him he was uh, she was pregnant. Um, and she's kind of right stuff. and yeah and how she's been replaced and how he doesn't care and she's he's just letting her you know oh you're just letting me do all the work parenting and he's like yes because you paid me to leave she's also mad he stopped viewing her Instagram stories and I mean honestly if I could hey if I had a nickel for every time I approached my ex for not viewing my stories with a gun and it seems like sending him away and paying him off was kind of, you know, the girl game of trying to get him to fight harder to win yeah. her back. It's revealed that it was kind of a test to be like, he'll jump through hoops to be with me. I do love, she's like, it's been so lonely. I like, so I got jury duty and went just to make friends, which is like rock fucking bottom. It's, that's like the saddest thing I think I've ever like read in a book. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And Love is finally like, I'm going to be the hero here. I can't let those girls you're living with befall the same fate. And she walks Joe out after admitting that she's like, I know that you tried to kill 40. And she goes to pull the trigger of the gun that she has. And Joe wakes up in the hospital after all of this. Days later. So he's 13. 13 days. He's been shot in the head somehow. I don't don't know know how he survived it. You don't know how he's like talking. There's no brain damage. Like there's no, no damage. Apparently he's fine. Um, But the nurses say that love has died. So some shit went down. um, And she's like, oh, I wasn't supposed to tell you that. But Ray Quinn, love's father is going to show up. And he goes, Joe, sit your ass down. And Joe's like, I can't move. I've been shot in the head. And he goes, here's the alibi. And Ray uh, says, you know what, Joe, you're not going to press charges. You're going to tell everybody that you got mugged. Love died of cancer. That's the story we're running with. Very, very sad. Um, He also ends up starting to choke Joe with his necktie and then decides that he can't kill him. Damn. Um, That's a daddy right there. Now they're, they're in a little showdown. They're a little showdown city. Joe says like, I don't want any of your money. I want the baby. Yeah. And Ray's like, why would I give you the baby when this happened? And he shows them the video of him burying Melanda. And Joe goes, no, that's not what it looked like. So Ray makes him sign a contract to never see 40 again. And Joe scrams out of there to get back to a now silent MK who's blocked him everywhere. Yeah. She is not at his home when she when he gets back. She is at the library, though, and she's pretty mad because while Joe was gone, her old buddy Howie from the beginning died. And Joe's like, MK, I got shot. Look at this comically large bandage on my head. Yeah, I don't know why Mary Kay was like less understanding here. Like, I get like, like, okay, yeah, I'd be upset that like they didn't like talk to me or they just left me a note and didn't tell me what was really going on. But like, if they got shot, you have to know some shit went down. Like, come on, Mary Kay. Yeah, uh, she decides they should just be friends, and he's, you know, doing the sad Charlie Brown walk home when he he runs into Nomi, and she's like, let me see the wound, and he shows her the wound, and she's like, it'll be okay, don't worry, she's gonna come around, and Joe goes home, but he's not alone at home. No, no, no. Uh, Seamus attacks him, ties him up, and he's mad Joe pursued MK because he loves MK, and he's pissing on Joe, literally. Yeah, he's literally like, pissing on Joe. No, he's literally peeing on Joe, listeners. I want to emphasize that he is peeing on Joe. We see the pee 
on Joe. Close up on P. <laughs> Interior. <laughs> Joe's house. Close up on P. And this, y'all, this goes from zero to a hundred because Seamus isn't just going to off Joe right here and done. No, no. Seamus has a plan. He transports Joe to the fucking middle of nowhere woods, ties him to a tree, and then starts pouring animal blood on him so that the cougars will get him. Like, who thinks of that? Seamus also pees on him again, too. Yes. Seamus is like, don't worry. In my extensive research of Bainbridge, I have noticed that there are big animals here. But it's not. It's not. The biggest ones we get are foxes and goats who come up to nibble on Joe. And then Seamus keeps getting pissed off that big animals aren't coming, so he'll just shoot them. Yeah. He just shoots the small animals. Yeah, and Seamus is, obviously, if Joe is not finessed, Seamus is something else. He is messy city. Um, Seamus mm-hmm. ends up getting shot. Joe is blindfolded this entire time, so he's like, what? Who goes there? Um, and he learns that his buddy Oliver's come to save him. Yeah, his buddy Oliver, not really a white right, white knight because he is just coming um, because he wants Joe to buy more stuff for him. Doesn't Oliver also pee on Joe? I think maybe. And so he starts undoing Joe's ropes. He's really bad at it, but he finds a knife in Seamus's cabin nearby. And he tells Joe that Ray was offering him a huge amount of money to give something to Joe. So he sent the video. And also he got fired because Ray figured out he had the video the whole time. So now Joe is going to just be his bankroll um, until he gets his script sold. Because as we know, Oliver is an L.A. homie. Yeah, yeah. Oliver's uh, got a new agent. He's really excited about it. So Oliver's going back to LA and he he kind of keeps his paws off Joe then. Like that's kind of his his character arc. He's like, I got I got a, an agent now. I'm leaving you alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but then life kind of starts like going on, you know, a month later, um, J- J- Joe decides to propose to Mary Kay outside of the library and she says yes. Everyone's saying Seamus was killed in a hunting accident. Yes, Joe does complain to MK about how his ex, aka Lauren, who is love, uh, was suicidal and threatening to take her life. So he had to go back to LA to try to stop her and he got mugged. And that works for MK. And after he proposes, there's like a montage of them being so happy and in Mm -hmm. love and getting married. Ivan didn't come to their marriage, but it's whatever. And they're dancing. At their wedding, and when MK leaves, Nomi says Melanda texted her, which is a lie, lie. that she's happy that Nomi's going to NYU, and Nomi and Joe start kind of slow dancing, and he's like, mm, this isn't good. And yeah, she's she like, like, I owe you. Yeah, she's like playing with his hair, and Joe's like taking a weird step back, because he's like, that's weird. And she goes, oh, there's just a bug in your hair. You're being so goofy, you silly goose. And Joe's like, right, so, um... I'm going to avoid Nomi now because she's making me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And MK's like, I saw y'all dancing. And Joe really doesn't know if it's like, um, is it in my head? Because MK seems like happy. So maybe it was Yeah, like, oh, moment. they're bonding. Like, MK seems very much like father, daughter, yay. Yeah. Um, And then another day rolls around and Mary Kay's going to go to like the city for a day. And Joe's like, oh, please don't. Because that means I'll be here alone with Nomi. And there's only four days left until she leaves forever. And we don't have to deal with her really. Um, and MK's like, no, 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 you'll be fine. And so Joe's like, okay. So Joe, obviously when Mary Kay leaves, sits on the couch, he puts on family feud because he's like, this is a quiet thing that I can watch for the next few hours. Mm -hmm. And Nomi comes in guns of lazen. She grabs a hard seltzer out of the fridge. Icon at 11 a.m. Yeah, kicks her feet up and she's like, Joe, I never thought she'd leave. And he goes, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, that's some kind of shit I'd say if I was trying to finagle the TV. I'd be like, okay, now I want to watch my show. But yeah. Nomi is like extremely pitbull voice. I know you want me. Yeah. You know I want you. And she seems to think that they have a thing. And kind of admits that she set Seamus out after Joe. Joe realizes, oh, Seamus liked Nomi. Oh, I thought he had a thing with MK. But no, 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 no. Nomi is 18 now and says that she would fuck him on the weekends. And I think she wasn't going to Seattle. She wasn't. She's going to fuck Seamus. I think he kind of recruited her too, it sounds like, since middle school, which is fucked up. Gross. Yeah. 
And Joe is, and she keeps saying, Joe, you were watching me. I know you love me. But he's like, girly, you're picking up all the wrong vibes. Yeah, um, he's trying to shut her down hard. Uh, and then Mary Kay decides to come back when he's like trying to kind of like push her away. Uh, because she's like, you know what? I've decided to spend the day with my husband. Um, and Nomi st- decides to take the spotlight here and starts accusing Joe of coming on to her. And Mary Kay isn't buying it. Mary Kay's like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, they're fighting, but MK doesn't necessarily believe her. It's also dropped at some point that Nomi knows that Joe has an ex-girlfriend in New York who's dead, which was kind of in the never Weird, addressed. Yeah. But she's like, uno reverse on this conversation she's like mom where do you think i got all those utis i read columbine i thought you would send me to a shrink and it was seamus that gave her a ton of utis which yeah i don't i don't think i would think a second guess of i'd be like maybe your vagina's just weird you're growing you're a teen i don't know but also i feel yeah, like utis are predominantly yeah, so- for sex who knows i'm not a mom yeah well, but yeah, so obviously Nomi drops that bomb that she was sleeping with Seamus. And Mary Kay's not happy about that, but she decides to drop the bomb that Melinda and Phil were having an affair. Um, so they've just kind of double bombed each other. Um, <laughs> they end up like, you know, kind of talking things out. They make up and Joe's kind of like sidelines uh, and they're on the stairs and they kind of put their foreheads to each other to kind of, you know, make up. And what happens next is that Nomi has her hands on Mary Kay's shoulder. And instead of finishing, like, they're like, oh, we're all good. All is forgiven. Nomi throws Mary Kay down the stairs. She tosses her mom down the stairs. And MK is going in and out of consciousness. She has a pulse, but she's not responsive. And Joe has to call 911. And then there's an epilogue. Yeah. Um, and in the epilogue, he's left America. And by that, we mean he lives in Florida. That's literally what it says in the book. We're not making a joke here, everybody. <laughs> I love that even Caroline Kepnes hates Florida. That's great. <laughs> MK is in a coma. So he's just kind of left uh, Bainbridge. Mm-hmm. And um, it's delivered that they're pulling the plug on her. Nomi texts that to Joe. So Nomi yeah. like killed her mom, which yeah. would eat at me. Yeah, but it's okay because Joe has been sad opening Mary Kay's like dream of a bookstore in Florida and the book epilogue kind of ends with him seeing a new girl that he likes. So it sounds like Mr. Joe is going to be moving right along here. He's on to the next one. Yeah, truly. He's T.I.'s on to the next one. I think T.I. sang that song. But anyways, I'll fact check myself later. (laughs) This brings us to our favorite segment. We had a pretty fun time with this one. Um, As we said previously, Phil does have a band that did moderately well and then Mm -hmm. always hinted that he was writing a new album. So our top five is the top five unreleased songs from Phil's newest album. Hell yeah. Uh, Coming in at number five, this one we like to think that, you know... Uh, Phil knew that Ivan's cancellation was going to come. So his uh, song on his album is hashtag Ivan 2. Yeah. For Phil to write that. It's about his brother's allegations. We yeah. we were toying around with Ivan the Terrible for a bit because I know he's yeah. a historical figure. And I think that it encompasses all of it. Exactly. Yeah. That's something in the chorus. Yes, exactly. We haven't written it yet, but if you want it, email yeah, us. If you want to write an album as Phil, the <laughs> cheating husband from... You Love Me by Carolyn Kepnes. Let us know. I have nothing going on and I'm sick. I'll take NyQuil and write it all tonight. <laughs> um, number four. Um, this one is just Bitch Babe. As we know, uh, he wrote a lot of songs about not really loving MK and also kind of hating his daughter. So this one's a strong thesis. It's kind of open to interpretation. It could, have, it could be about all the bitch babes. babes. Maybe it's about a single bitch babe. We don't know. There's gonna Maybe. be one less bitch babe. You know? I love that. Very R&B, very pop. Thank you. Um, number three, the, uh, the song's called 30th Birthday Blowjob. It's about the blowjob that he got on Melanda's 30th birthday. Um, and it's going to sound very, very fun, but it's going to be about, you know, ruining his own marriage, you know? Yes. Number, th- oh, was that number three, the 30th birthday blowjob? Yeah. Oh, I wrote one bar for it, which is that um, uh, she's a swallower and I'm a wallower. Cause yeah, there's she's something about an- like, now blow out the candle and like the candle's his dick or something. Yeah, I love it. Number two, 
We know that Phil's a bit of a competitive person. So we're thinking my red bed first um, because the red bed is this place in the library that Joe wants to fuck and does eventually fuck MK on. And I like to think he's in a little bit of a competition with Joe. He's like, it was my red bed first. Yeah, yeah. So he writes a whole song about that. Um, And then number one, obviously, Phil loves to be in charge. He's very much, I'm the protagonist. Uh, And he likes to think that he's better than every other musician in existence. So this song is called I Am God to really channel into those feelings (laughs) that he has. I love it. I think it's so great. And um, that does bring us to our final segment, the canceled character of the week. I have a little bit of a feeling that we are going to have the same one. I think we will too. I wrote down Seamus. I wrote down Seamus too, thank God. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, Melanda's a prospective pedophile, but Seamus is a confirmed pedophile. So that really puts things into perspective. Yeah, and especially if it's, like, your best friend's daughter, that's pretty bad. All of the Ivan cases we dive into, but we actually got to know Nomi, and it's pretty fucked up. It's obviously really fucked up his character. Yeah, really, really gross, really, really not okay. Um, And I'm glad that he is canceled this week. Absolutely. And that brings us to the end of our last episode of You Love Me, the third book in the You franchise. Join us next week when I think we're going to be doing the wrap up because yes. the new book doesn't come out until April. So we yeah, maybe we'll revisit it then. Maybe we won't. Who knows? We love to keep you all on your toes. But if you want to email us about any of your thoughts on this series or anything at all, our email is Maggie and Laura present at gmail.com. And you, oh, sorry, go ahead, Maggie. No, you go. More things. No, you go, Maggie, you go. I was just going to say the next thing. So you, you do say, it. You say the next thing. I'm so, I feel so bad. Also, we're on Instagram at Maggie and Laura, just underscores in between them. Yeah, yeah. You can also follow us on TikTok and Twitter at, yeah, we read it. And that's going to be our episode for this Wednesday, a Wednesday in March, the longest dang month. Aw, what a bummer. Okay, well, we missed you all already. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week for the end of the season. Um, And then we'll talk about our next season because that's what we do on this podcast. That's how it goes. (laughs) Okay, bye, everyone. (laughs) 